So as I said, with this being a new year, we so often think about this time as a, a moment to question. And so how do you, how do you look at this year? What do you want to change? What do you want to leave behind? You're like, I need to give up. What new thing do you want to try? In what ways do you want your life to change? And in other ways, what are the things you want to continue to cultivate? You're like, wait a minute, I think I'm on a good path with, and so I need to continue in that pursuit. And so as we ask those questions about how we're kind of changing lives, about how we're thinking anew, about what are the possibilities? We're going to get into uh, three scriptures today, and it's going to be a little bit of Revelation, a little bit of Second Corinthians, and a verse out of the Gospel of John. And what you have to know about the whole thing with Revelation, you may be like, oh, I can't stand, I don't want to hear any of it. Here's the thing. It is using bold imagery to get our attention. It, Revelation was written at a time during a lot of persecution for the early Christians. It was probably written during the time of Nero, the emperor of Rome. And he was kind of, he did some things that weren't good. And he was brutal and he killed a lot of Christians. And so Revelation was meant to inspire it was also meant to build up and strengthen those early Christians who were really struggling in their day to day, who were like, what does this message of Jesus have to do with our lives when we have to face so many things? And think about that. We all struggle, don't we? And so to begin to look at a piece of revelation through the lens of, you know what? We all struggle. We all need help. We all are in search of what is God's goodness and care? How does God change our lives? Do the teachings of Jesus change us? Or are they just, you know, there's some good things to think about. And so for today, for us to begin on this journey of going, all right, let's be real about our struggles. And how do we begin to transform? What do we need to continue to cultivate in our life? so that we may know God's love more fully. We may know how we are loved and how we belong so that it transforms our day-to-day -day lives. So I invite you upon this journey. Revelation 21, one through two. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the former heaven and the former earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I, had, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. All right, so when we're thinking about that, that's some really strong imagery. But it's about this, okay, how does God make new things? What is beautiful in this world? How would we even define that? I am standing outside. It is winter in Michigan. And what's interesting about that is, you can see behind me, right? Everything is kind of dormant. Usually there are beautiful flowers behind me if it were spring or summer. But to think about that, that there we go through these periods, we go through these seasons where we know that kind of things kind of pass away, that things are left behind of summer, of spring, of the fall. And now we are in this period of transition but what do we imagine is beautiful 
because the imagery of made ready as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband beautiful and loving so think about it like that that this connection of what god makes new is both beautiful and loving and my guess is that all of us define beauty and love a little bit differently because all of us see it and understand it a little bit differently some may look behind me and go this is not beautiful at all it's not yet beautiful may it will become summer but not yet while others think wow i love the beauty of the rain the way it falls and so to begin to understand that this imagery is used to actually challenge us and wow we understand beauty and love in this world and to begin to contemplate it that it's kind of one of those things where we've got to sit with it to figure it out that it's like peeling away an onion because what I may say is beautiful to me with a beautifully fallen snow the fall I may believe that this is beautiful but others may not and so how do we understand how God is showing up how God is present all around us. How would we define that beauty and love today? Because we get this sense that this love is coming, that there is something, it's not yet, almost, it is, but not quite. And so how would you define it? And what's interesting is the writer in Revelation is gonna push us on this. But as we're thinking about what kind of inspires, what in our life would change? How can your life be more beautiful? What would make it more beautiful and more loving? Revelation 21, three through four. I heard a loud voice from the throne say, look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them and they will be his peoples. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. There will be no mourning, crying, or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. A reminder here that the Gospel of Matthew gives the name to Jesus of Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so here in Revelation, we're getting a sense of well, what does that mean? Besides everything that we have of the life of Jesus, the life, death, resurrection, all of Jesus that encompasses what it means on the ground, God with us. And here, Revelation is pointing us back to that. And there's this line, right? He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. There will be, there will be no mourning, crying, or pain anymore for the former things have passed away. That sounds kind of amazing, right? It's like everything's perfect, everything is comfortable. When do we get that? Is this just wishful thinking? And a reminder that Revelation is meant to give us peace and hope, is meant to strengthen us in our current struggle. It's not just about the future or down the line, but it's also supposed to be here in the present. And so to begin to think about those things, and to maybe see it as more than just wishful thinking of going, okay, there's this line for the former things have passed away of going, what do we need to let go of? What are the things that we perpetuate or focus on or hang on to? Maybe things that have been said or unsaid, things that have been done to us, 
maybe situations, what are the things that we hold on to so tightly and focus ourselves on, spend time on, that really drain us, that cause us more pain, that cause us to really go, man, this is taking every bit of energy and life from me. What are the things that we need to go, wait a minute, I need to not spend so much time. I need to let go of, I need to let those things pass away. And then to kind of think about what are we perpetuating with our actions and our words. If God is with us currently right now, if God is currently wiping away our tears, if God is currently with us in our mourning and pain, and yet we still have it, what does that mean? What, how, how do we begin to understand that? And this week, there was this great special on CBS in the evening. It was about kindness and about making kindness go viral. And they were telling stories all, from all over the United States about these acts of kindness that perpetuated and went far beyond the life of one action and maybe even the lifespan of one person. And one of the stories in particular was about a secret Santa and how it all started when the owner of a diner saw a guy who was down on his luck and gave him 20 bucks. And even just how he did that. And the guy realized that the owner had given him that 20 bucks, had shown him some dignity. And in that moment, he made a promise that if he ever made it in life, if, if he made millions, that he would pay it forward. He would be doing acts of kindness constantly. And he did make it. He ended up making it big in cable television. And he went on, by the time of his death in 2007, he had given away more than a million dollars just randomly to people. He would walk up and hand people $100 bills. And what's interesting is it encouraged other people to do the same. And that same thing, even though the guy died in 2007, that action, that encouragement, that sense of act of kindness has lived far beyond, and there are others that have taken it up. And so that sense of death will be no more, of being able to set aside the pain or to move through the pain, to be able to get through, to be feeling like, where is their comfort in the grief? It's a sense of what are we doing that recognizes God is with us, that we are living as if God is with us today. We are living and acting. Our words and our actions are love. What does it mean for us to cultivate beauty, not just for ourselves, but for other people? Because those are the things that can begin to live on well beyond ourselves, beyond our lifespan. And so that sense of what Revelation is trying to get us to think about is that when we're th going, all right, things need to change. It's a new year. What's going to happen? What kind of life do we want to build that isn't just for the here and now, but those small little actions, even the smallest of actions can go far beyond us because when we are part of love and beauty in this world, we are living God is with us. 
we are beginning to experience little moments of God in our lives. And so begin to think about that. Of what, how would you like to cultivate that today through your relationships, whether that's friends, family, people you know, people you don't know, your community. What are the things about beauty and love that you could commit yourself to, even the smallest things, to perpetuating, to cultivating, to sharing, so that it's not just a proclamation, a recognition of ourselves that God is with us, but instead it becomes God is with all of us, that we become part of that work. Revelation 21.5. Then the one seated on the throne said, look, I'm making all things new. He also said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. 2 Corinthians 5.16. So then from this point on, we will recognize people by human standards, even though we used to know Christ by human standards. That isn't how we know him. When we're living the teachings of Jesus, when we're doing that whole encouraging, loving, being a listening presence, being a healing presence for people, when we're doing those things, we begin to challenge the status quo of responding to this world of that can be angry, despairing, that can be suspicious, that can be divisive with things that are loving and peaceful and joyful. And so to begin to think about that, of when we're living all things new, when things are be being created new, we're challenging those suspicions were challenging kind of anger in this world we're challenging the cruelty of this world and so to think about that for ourselves to think about how do we create all things new every day when we're helping and listening to people when we are being that presence when we're trying to take that perspective of living love of living and cultivating beauty in our lives and everyone else's. And so to think about that, making all things new of living and loving beauty with the things that are behind, we could, again, we could look at, oh, that is cold, that looks miserable. Or we can begin to think, where is the beauty and love in this moment? What are the things that I can do? What are the words I can say? What are the things you can do today to begin to cultivate all things new with the love of Christ? Revelation 21, 6. Then he said to me, all is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will freely give water from the life-giving spring. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. So then if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation, the old things have gone away, and look, new things have arrived. Our life, our existence is encapsulated in God, beginning to end. God is there for all of it and beyond. And so to begin to think about that as we are thinking of, okay, so God is with us. God is with us in every single moment. How are we experiencing that renewal? Kind of like, the second Corinthians passage was saying, so if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. That right here, right now, that sense of being that peaceful presence, even when maybe things have said that were cruel to us, of responding in a way that says, wait, 
God has my entire life taken care of and that we aren't just waiting around for the world to change. We're not just saying, man, I wish it was warm this day, but instead, what are the things? We put on the jacket, we put on the gloves, we put on the hat. What are the things that we are doing that encapsulate love? Not just for ourselves, but for everyone around us. How can we be kinder? How can we be more peaceful? How can we facilitate joy, not just for ourselves, but for everyone else? That we don't wait for the world to change. We are part of that change. Finishing up in 2 Corinthians 5.18. All of these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. John 13.34. I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you, so you also must love each other. All of these possibilities are from God. That part of revelation, that new creation, that when we feel that love, when we're living into that commandment of love, we begin to recognize each other in new ways. We see each other not as according to human standards, but according to God's which is through a lens of love, of peace, of hope, of joy, that lets us put down those old things that kind of just burdened us, that take energy from us, that say, you know what, we aren't enough, that allow us to be divided and continue to be upset and angry with each other. And so when we're living into that new creation, when we're living into that commandment of love, it begins to shape us and change us in ways that maybe we never even expected. And so as we're thinking about this new year, as we're thinking about what kind of life do I want to build? What do I want to let go of? What new thing do I want to try? What kind of practice do I want to take up? We have to ask ourselves, where is the love? Where is the recognition of the beauty that surrounds us? Because here's the thing. If we feel like we aren't experiencing God, if we're like, I, I don't know, God, where are you? Because we kind of think, well, you know, G genie in the bottle kind of God, three wishes and you're supposed to grant them. But here's the thing. When we experience love, just a, even a moment of it, when we experience just a taste of peace when we're thinking about and we're trying to go you know what I got to get outside of my own head I've got to act lovingly I've got to be that presence that healing presence for others I, I've got to encourage somebody today when we have those moments we actually experience God we actually are getting a little moment of going, wait a minute, that's what it means for God to be with us. That's what it means for God to be creating a new creation, a new thing in this moment here and now. It's like it's possible now, but it doesn't seem yet to be finished. And here, when we're living into it, we are creating, we are part of creating something new. As the weeks go on, starting next week, I am going to be into how do we experience God in all kinds of ways in our very much everyday, very practical. Because if we're going, you know what? God hasn't granted me any of my prayers and my wishes. It, life is not what I want. Is there a God? We have to begin to kind of reframe and rethink of, okay, what does it mean to actually 
experience God. And part of that is being, going, you know what? I'm part of this new creation. I can start to take different steps. I can start to make different choices. I can start to use different words that are loving and encouraging, that are focused on how am I part of love and beauty in this world instead of maybe just waiting for it to change. Because here's the thing. Love Love challenges us into action. Love does not allow us to be complacent. Love is not controlling, but is instead freeing. Love is guiding and strengthening instead of constraining. Love is this amazing thing that begins to change our perspective of one another. That begins to go, wait a minute, I, I need to understand a little better before. Love is not judgmental. Love is not casting aside and saying unworthy. Love is about belonging. And so as we think about those things, about what love is, about what beauty is all around us, about what kind of life do we want to build, we have to begin to ask those questions of how are we experiencing God on a daily basis? Because when we experience God, we begin to be changed. We begin to live life in a new way. And so I invite you on this journey, just as Revelation has invited us, as Second Corinthians has invited us, as John, with the words of Jesus, has invited us into a new way of living and being so that we might all know that God is with us. Amen.